Okay. So, um, I'm going to just only speak for a little bit and then there'll be some um, activities that you'll be invited to participate in should you feel so inclined. Um, so we opened up the theme uh, deliberately this morning around desire and eros and all that that entails and probably even if you're newer to this practice, you've got the idea by now that for soulfulness, we need eros to open up that dynamic of eros psyche logos that we explored on the first night. We're always going to be making something with our perception, participating in something. And if we can support the eros to be ignited... Um, and do all the work of discriminating from craving and healing our wounds around desire and exploring our logos limitations around desire, then we, it, we can do our work of soulfulness. So to probably you've been noticing this territory is calling us, calling you, um, in this retreat because of the nature of the material. So you may be noticing this waking up for some of us of Eros, healing potential or call for healing, the need and the recognition for the healing, the allowing of Eros, the risking going a little bit further and allowing and testing and fire, testing that difference between, oh, okay, where is it craving and how much fire we can handle in that. Allowing, recognizing Eros, validating Eros, valuing Eros, loving Eros, discriminating Eros from craving, unbinding craving enough to restore the dynamism, the, the dynamism of the fire that burns in our spark for what we love or what we want to serve, what we want to be devoted to. Restoring the dynamism to the fire and having a logos that is robust and flexible enough to give a context to that fire. It's not the fire itself. It's a context for that fire that will allow it to become soul-making. Right? It's not the fire itself. It's not only the liberation of our aliveness and our energy and our life force. That's important. But it really depends what it's in the service of as to whether the Eros Psyche Logos dynamic gets going. So reinsoling the fire within a Logos that lets it become holy. Holiness not only of the beyonds that are unfabricating and unfabricated the beyonds that call us that have no face, no name, no particularities where we can dissolve and the other can dissolve and the world can unbind. But the holies where we remain and the uh, something about the other, the particularities of the otherness remains and are infused with imaginal dimensions and depths that show more and more faces and folds of holiness that ignite our eros more and leave us breathless and humble 
So this, if we want this, we do well to study desire and our relationship with desire. So whatever suffering there has been this week, and there will be, as is opening up the aliveness, opening up the eros, brings all of its own measures of suffering, as we've said before. And one of my teachers, one of my monk teachers in a regular Dharma context, in the, um, it's not quite right to say it like that, is it? Proper. <laughs> he, he, he's a really passionate man. Deeply, deeply gorgeous, passionate man. And, um, he would say about the belly center. So I'm just talking about the aliveness and the sort of waking up the libidinal energy and the sexuality. He'd say, he'd say, um, not opening up the belly center is a road to dullness. Opening up can be a giddy ride. <laughs> right so without wisdom without wisdom and all of our other guiding principles that are here for us so whatever suffering there's been this week and I'm you know there will be around the opening up of desire around the issues around belonging you know everyone else but me you know we get that honor of silent retreat anyway right you know that kind of where we feel like everyone is getting it apart from me or everyone's doing this apart from me or everyone's more advanced than me or everyone's more if you've got one of those fill in the blank everyone's more religious than me everyone's more crazy than me here everyone or maybe i'm the crazy one and the rest of them aren't crazy enough or you know the way that that all those issues around belonging can show up the issues of being seen and seeing and that need for soul to see itself in it you know those those everything wants to be seen those faces and folds and magnificences want to be created and discovered so whatever suffering is here yes that's in our path we want the end of suffering and there can be a pull to that and a real deep and holy desire for that. And there can be a magnetic pull for soul. A force of attraction that pulls us. A force of attraction that I, I want that. I, I have to have it. I feel like I want to follow it. I want to go there. I want to. Does anybody have any desire like that about anything? I, I want to go there. Right? I want to go where the personhood is retained. The particulars can be given imaginal depth. Where the immediate presentation of a thing the immediate presentation externally, internally, the face that appears to me, not, doesn't have to be a visual face. I know we keep using these visual metaphors, but the, the face, if you can be loose and elastic around that word face, but that personhood, that, that that comes to me, something about that, it's not just a window to beyonds that are through it somewhere, more stillness, more depth, more, unbinding it's not just a window it's the immediate presentation of the thing that strikes us in its particularities and i want that i don't know what it is about that but i want that i want i want you right whatever the you is on the other side of that eros i don't only want you as a window to something more it's you i want 
I want you in the way you move and the way you look and the way you feel and the way and I feel pulled to come closer and closer and closer and that force, that magnetic attraction, that can, that can pull us and feel more compelling. I would say, and you can tell me if it's other than this for you, than my desire for release. But how to be skillful with this, right? Opening that up, letting that be here, needs a lot of, a lot. So let's explore this a little bit. Maybe that's enough. Time to hear from you. So, take a moment. Have you got your belly? Not that it's all about your belly, but... It's really not all about your belly. And breathe with your hips and your pelvis and your legs and establish your, establish your singleness. The word I used earlier, your unus, your integrity in whichever ways you know how. And breathe into your body. Breathe in and take a moment to sense what it is you love. What are you devoted to? Where has there been wanting this week and desire that has led onward for you, that you're beginning to trust and, or not only beginning to trust, but in a long relationship with, of trusting. And what's it like when you're practicing to let yourself want what you want, even if you don't know yet if it's craving and you don't know yet if it's going to cause trouble and you don't know if you can handle that magnetic attraction that might arise in you and then you might, and it might be obvious and the other one might see or the whatever it is that makes us shy when that force is allowed also to move through our heart, our tender heart, yes, that juicy, zesty part to it and that tender, sensitive attuned loving that's there deep in us. How is it for you to let yourself want what you want in general? And here, when we're asked to hold that wanting in a logos that is one where we don't just go and try and get it and have it, in a literalized way. This is, this is the Dharma of unliteralizing. The middle way of real and not real. Unliteralizing that that face, that appearance, that showing through of the divine through that particular or my inkling that it does. That can be compelling and we might be afraid that, oops, I'm going to get literalized. I'm going to literalize that and think I have to and then I'm going to get all strange around it. 
How is it for you to let yourself want what you want and practice? Because here's a safe place to practice. We have ethics here. We've taken precepts here. We have silence here. We have people who really sincerely care about working with this. So what is it like to let yourself want what you want? What happens when I ask that? And there are many reasons in our soul for most of us why we don't let ourselves want what we want. We don't let the image arise of like, oh, not that. That's a little bit too on the edge. That's a little bit too weird, risky. Oops. It might hurt the other. It might, oop. What's right about not letting yourself want what you want? Because we will have an implicit logic that comes into play every time we don't even take a look to practice with it. We just go, oh, not that, not that. Now, I'm not suggesting we have to open every single thing that comes up and we dive right in there. No, but we want to know what hidden logic might be just there below the radar that closes those things down. Not because you have to open them up, because we want to bring to light and illuminate what might be unconsciously closing that down. So that you can have a choice about that. You can decide not to go there, but that's different than being compelled. So what's right about not let, about what's right? (laughs) This is one of these funny questions that is not appealing to your sort of, uh, sort of on the radar. It's just below the radar here. The things that haven't quite come into illumination or are just coming into view here. Let's look in general, here or anywhere else. And I'd love you to listen into your responses, your instinctive responses to this question. Anybody, please tell us in the hall tonight so we can illuminate these implicit implicit logic. What's right about not letting yourself want what you want? Do you get the question? Great, let's hear some of your responses. What's right about not letting yourself want what you want? Anybody, tell us. It doesn't want me. Right, thank you. So let's hear all the responses. Right, better not let myself want what I want because supposing it doesn't want me. Super. So what we thought we would like you to have a chance to do is reflect on your relationship with desire and wanting and eros that's been surfacing for you this week. Um, And you can opt in or not opt into this exercise. Um, Huh? Opt in means you can do it or not do it. The exercise that I'll offer. Thank you. So take a moment now just to sit. This part's on your own. And then there's an option of going in to do it in a, in a safe speaking and listening space, if you should wish. So take a moment just on your own, for a moment, taking your seat, your posture.
And if we were to ask your soul, your body, your heart, your mind, your folds and facets, seen and unseen, what are you noticing this week around, for you, around the theme of desire? What's coming up around that theme? What questions? What understandings, perhaps, of places where you've seen it start to open things up in a different way? Maybe you've seen something of that discriminating between craving and eros, or getting, or you're on the edge of seeing that. It's like, where's your leading edge in practice around the theme of desire? Maybe there's some conceptual pieces coming together for you of how it fits or doesn't fit. Right, so maybe there's conceptual pieces coming together about how it does fit. Maybe there's conceptual pieces not coming together about how it doesn't quite fit for you yet. Maybe there's certain assumptions here. Maybe certain habits with Eros are being allowed to come to the surface. Certain attitudes. What's relevant for you, for your path of practice, and in the service of what your life is dedicated to? What is showing up around the theme of desire that it might be useful to articulate for yourself? Because you've done a lot of work now these five days. Your garden has been well tended. It doesn't mean there isn't dukkha here. It means you're open and sensitive and engaged with a valuable opportunity to inquire now. This theme, as Rob opened it up this morning, that everything rests on this attitude around desire. How did you put it? Nothing more significant than the relationship and the ideas around desire. Things you're finding out, things you're concerned about, want to explore, find out about, seeing about yourself. This is not an opportunity for your inner critic to mark you on a score of how well you're doing with desire. Not at all. This is a this is both a tender and intimate inquiry and a profound one. So what are you noticing this week? And we would like to invite those who would like, and we hope that hope some of you would like to do this. And I'll tell you how we can do this exercise, so that it's um, supportive for inquiry to lead onward for you. So you will be invited in a moment to get into groups of three, in a little triangle, and you will take a formal meditation posture with each other. And one of you will begin, and you'll have maybe five minutes or so with two witnesses. 
who will have their eyes open and will be sensing their own energy body and their own sensitive humanity and their own recognition of this significance of this theme for us as humans internally and for our world, as was spoken. And you can explore. You can have the space held for you and you go, okay, let me see, I, I don't know yet. Um, and you can have a monologue. They will keep holding the space. They won't ask you questions. They won't say, well done, congratulations, or sorry, you've failed on the desire. Not at all. This is a sincere, this is a sincere um, opening out of the theme, right? Articulating it can be so, so helpful. I have found this so, so helpful to do these kinds of exercises, to actually bring into articulation um, so I can sort of start to see for myself and reflect more and to say, oh, yeah, and this is where I want to go and this is what I think I need to look a little bit more here or, oh, yeah, I'm feeling this as I talk about it. So I'll give a quick demo and then you can, then you can do it. Oh, so I'm actually just, I've just realized I've just asked myself the question. <laughs> oh, what am I learning? I'm not going to tell you. Um, <laughs> so you can, you know, you can let what you can let whatever is your authentic response be there. But, but it's like, you know, I might that might be my initial response, and then just staying. It's like, okay, as I contemplate the theme, I realize I don't have lots of answers just there. You know, some of you might. I don't have lots of answers just here. But the theme, if I sense my body right now, just having you as witness and. This theme here, I actually sense my heart, mostly, to start with, and it um, actually feel very moved and a little teary, and um, I start to feel my legs come online as well. Yeah, and I think maybe what I'm learning, something I'm sensing around this unfoldment of desire in my soul over the years, right now I'm just getting is this kind of deepening, uh, deepening isn't the right word, like a um, closer intimacy between the sensitivity required for the attunement and the force of that zesty stuff. Right? And I think that's what I'm sensing right now, that kind of meeting. You might not be this way round, you know, I'm, I'm this way round. You might be, you might be really clear, you might come right there with the ideas. Beautiful. You might be right there with, I don't know. And just stay with that. With your two witnesses, the theme can be in the field. I don't know. But the word, desire makes me terrified for example you know whatever is true for you whatever is there okay so just to know these are really good people to do this exercise with <laughs> and that they will hold in confidence what you say and it won't be used or repeated at the end of the retreat by them at the tea table or um, you know, it will be held in that, in the temenos, actually, in that safe, sacred space of recognizing this is so crucial for a human being, for a, for a world, for form, for particularities, for the sacred.
Do you want to say something? Yeah, I, I would actually recommend you do this with people you don't know. If they're, yeah, they will, they will be. Oh yeah, thank you. So, so two witnesses, one person, all in quite form, the formality will support the intimacy with you, with yourself. Quite formal posture. One person will have five minutes. I'll guide you in. So it's very formal and there'll be a bell at the end for that person to stop. And then there'll be a pausing. And we'll, we'll practice with metta and with karuna and we'll hold the field for us all so that it's good. And then the next person will go with two witnesses and then the next person. If that's what you, if that's where you're on, Jane, go for it. Yeah. So if where your leading edge is is about desire and craving, eros and craving and discriminating that, speak about that. Yeah. It's really where your light is in that whole theme. Beautiful. Yeah. Super. If you're on a chair, I suggest you're, um, you're, pair, you're all on chairs. So some of, so that you're not all looking up and down like this. Um, so go gently, go with yourself, find and be found in that funny old way those things happen. <laughs> and I'll guide you in. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.